Hello, and welcome back to the Sustainable Brown Girl podcast. This show exists to provide representation for women of color in the environmental space, to highlight their stories, and to educate the masses about how to be more eco-friendly every day. From gardening to thrifting, minimalism to veganism, sustainable business owners to influencers, environmentalists to activists, we are all on a journey to taking better care of our bodies and our planet. I'm your host, Ariel Green. Since I've been doing this podcast, I've seen so many different career paths that can be taken within the sustainability industry. Today, we're going to be chatting with a sustainability consultant about how businesses can be more sustainable, specifically in the fashion, music, and art industries. But before we get too deep into that, I want to remind you to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It's super easy to do on any Apple device. Just search for Sustainable Brown Girl Podcast and be sure to follow if you aren't already. Then scroll down to the review area and I'm sure you want to leave a five-star review. So go ahead and do it. It really helps us with getting more people to discover the show. Be sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, and I will feature it in an upcoming episode. If you're not already, be sure to follow Sustainable Brown Girl on Instagram and use the hashtag Sustainable Brown Girl to be featured on the page. I love seeing what everyone's up to, their sustainable swaps, their outfit inspo. So I love sharing that on Instagram. Also, if you have a few dollars to spare, please consider becoming a Sustainable Brown Girl patron on Patreon. It really helps to keep the show going on a consistent basis, and you'll get access to some exclusive content. A link to the Patreon page is in the show notes. As always, your support is greatly appreciated. Today's featured Sustainable Brown Girl is Alexandria Ashton, founder of Ashton Wolf Sustainability Consulting. Alexandria is a passionate, sustainable fashion industry advocate and a social climate activist who wants to see change within the fashion, music, and film industries. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Yay. So let's take it way back. Tell us, how did you become interested in sustainability? Um, yeah, so I... I was very lucky enough to grow up in Southern California where there's such diverse climate. Um, I grew up being able to be by the water, see beautiful nature, um, mm -hmm. but I also grew up in a single mother household. So I was also able to have a very great appreciation for where I lived, which was a nice place, but also experience the other side of life where there are struggles and um, recognizing different economic classes. So I feel like my young age, I was just very aware of these aspects. And I think the older I got, it just became more and more impactful. And then while I was in school, I studied sustainability in textiles and apparel, which really, really opened up my eyes. And uh, when I took this program, I was just starting out at my school and it was kind of like a test run to see if the kids would be into it. And I was the one that was like, yes, like this is, <laughs> love it. it, includes everything I love. Um, fashion, nature, people, and doing something about improving um, all of those paradigms, essentially. 
So then I finished the certification program and then I went to San Francisco where I studied environmental sustainability and social justice. And that was a great experience where it really took it to the next level for me. And I was like, okay, like I want to dedicate my life to improving our natural environment, improving people's lives and doing it in a fun and beautiful artistic way of which I found fashion to be the great, perfect avenue to go about because I love fashion as an art form. So. I love that. Wow. So, I mean, what made you want to go in that direction, like as far as school goes? Was it just something that you were always like, you know, I like the environment. I want to learn more and see what I can do. Um, No, actually. So I was on the pathway of studying business administration, Mm. um, mostly because I was like, didn't know what I wanted to do specifically, but I always knew I wanted to be a leader in business, but I feel like once I took that sustainability and textiles program at my community college, that's what really like sparked my desire to learn more about what's going on in our world um, on a social level, on a physical level, how those two connect and how to improve it. So it definitely was a pivot moment in my life where I dedicated more of my time and my studies to environmentalism. I see. Well, since you have like the business background, I can kind of see how that uh, comes in because now you have your own business. So yeah, tell us more about that. Yeah, Ashton Wolf. So that was also a big pivot. So while I was in school, I was just super motivated and I was like, oh my God, I can't just like learn about this and not do anything about it. So Mm -hmm. I slowly started building my website, ashtonwolf.com, where I was just mostly putting all the information I was learning on there in a more digestible way for the average eye to like understand. Um, Because a lot of my studies is more on the science side um, and like deeper concepts that aren't so easy to grasp right away. So I feel Mm -hmm. like best way to like share this information is in a digestible way. So that's when I started my website. And then once I was hitting my senior year of college, I was like, I really am passionate about sharing this information and talking to brands and businesses about the available alternatives out there within their business world. So I felt like, okay, this is what I want to do. I want to do consulting um, and not just in fashion, but in, pretty much any arena that I come across. And because I also believe a big part about being in the sustainability world is it's a never ending journey of learning. It's a nice platform to help teach other people, but also I get to learn more about other industries and the available alternatives that are out there. So Ashton Wolf really came about through my learning experience. And um, yeah, I made it a formal platform to do my consulting work. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, you know, sustainability is growing so much. It's great to be able to offer a service to uh, companies who are just kind of coming up to, you know, Mm -hmm. give them ideas on how to be more sustainable. So, so yeah, tell us more about the services you offer. So I love to uh, make it a very open source sort of way in terms of like, I like to start out the conversation of how this business owner started their business, what initially got them excited about their work, because I like to make it as personal as possible, because I feel like personal motivation is really what's going to keep them going once I lay down the groundwork for them and kind of like let them go and to do the work. Yeah, it's always initial conversations. What is their drive? What more do they want to see coming out of their business? What types of impacts do they want to make? Is it going to be more on the environmental impact side, more on the social impact side? Um, 
So kind of like laying down what sort of changes they want to do. And then from there, um, depending on the client or the work, it's normally showing them the alternatives available on the market to do so. And then also taking a look at what their supply chain looks like currently um, and just really diving in and picking it apart um, and figuring out what needs to go, what needs to stay. And then also looking at um, looking at the reality of like what they can do now because it's we all want to have all these big like grand ideas put into place at once, but it, it takes time. Obviously there's other factors than just finances, like how big is their team, really giving them like the space to go at their own pace, but at least laying down the foundations of like, once they get to that place, what are the next steps? So yeah, a lot of conversations, um, showing alternatives and then um, kind of figuring out the next steps for them when they're ready. Yeah. Have you noticed a trend with some of the uh, things that businesses need help with? I think um, just knowing what the alternatives are out there, a lot of um, brands want to do better, but they Mm -hmm. aren't um, either aware of the alternatives that are available or how accessible they are. So I think just finding alternatives for them is a great way. And then also, of course, a big hurdle is also financing, looking for either sponsor situations, looking for additional funding for them. I guess another hurdle is also just like the education portion as well. Like sometimes, like I would say like more than half the clients I've ever worked with, like weren't even aware of the negative impacts that were coming out of the industry, at least at the scale that it is happening at. So yeah, wow. So when you say um, alternatives, let's say you're working with a fashion brand are you looking at like different packaging alternatives, materials, things like that? Yeah, I would say both of those and more. Alternatives can range from all over because if you're using cotton, there's alternative cottons you can use, such as mm-hmm. organic ones, recycled ones, for um, upcycling. And then if you wanted to stray away from a high water use like fabrics, then there's other ones that don't use as much water, such as hemp. But um, a lot of the times, if you're going to use something like that, you're going to have to mix it with the cotton. And sometimes blending materials um, can cause another issue of, in the end, it's hard to recycle. So kind of like weighing out the pros and cons of like what really matters to them and then choosing the best alternative based on that. I see. Well, that sounds really helpful. Like you said, just <laughs> opening those conversations and just seeing what the options are. Mm-hmm, exactly. So when a, we'll stick with the fashion for now. So um when a fashion brand is just starting out, like what are some tips on things that they can do to be more sustainable? Really questioning like why they're doing it. Yeah. Uh, is there a specific silhouette that they're trying to bring back? Is there a certain messaging that is behind their brand that they're really trying to push? And can they do that in a more conscious way, especially because if you're trying to share a certain message or kind of perpetuate a certain culture or idea, but you're doing it through clothes, I think it's super important to be very intentional mm-hmm. because clothes are very hard to make. They're very hard to maintain. And I think that they're super precious. And I, I'm not a huge fan of when people start brands and they kind of put out like, like a hoodie um, or like a t-shirt. Like we have plenty of those and it's like, what more mm-hmm. can you do to make it more special, to make it more like of a craftsmanship piece that um, is super intentional 
and also the materials that you're using, um, who's making it, making sure that whoever made it is actually paid fairly and can go home and have dinner for themselves and their family and like have a roof over their head like Mm -hmm. really taking the extra steps to really think about all the factors that go in and like be super intentional because I feel like it would help just be very intentional throughout the process because I think that's something that's been lost um in the fashion world yeah definitely definitely and so I I also mentioned too in your bio that you want to make like the film and music industry more sustainable too. So what are some ways that that can happen? I think music and film are super, super powerful. And I think yeah. they've been powerful tools to share ideas and paradigms in our culture. So I think uh, very obviously like the messaging behind a film or the lesson it's teaching you is great, but I'm... Uh, but with the music side, what I've been doing lately with that is I'm a big fan of techno music and electronic music. It's been a big part of my life for years. And um, so I would go to shows all the time, but I was starting to notice there was this sort of lack of community kind of happening sometimes in certain spaces. And I felt like the root of techno music came from black culture and it came from it being a safe space for both black people and people in the queer community to feel safe and build community and have fun and kind of get away from all the craziness that was going on in the real world. And I was feeling like a lot of that was getting lost um, as we get further and further from those originating generations. So lately I've been doing fundraisers at a lot of my own favorite events that I go to um, and like reaching out to the organizers of these great parties and great artists and basically setting up like an national fundraiser alongside the organizers. So it's still an organization that the organizer cares about in their own personal life, but we're kind of like spreading it and like crowdsourcing the money that can be raised out of this industry and like putting it back into the communities because I feel like mutual aid support was a big core part of how techno and a lot of music communities kind of came together and started at. Yeah. Wow. I love that. That's a great way for, you know, for you to give back, you know, in different, yeah, in different ways. That's amazing. And then also actual like production, like physical level of like, what sort of cups are you using? If you're serving drinks or do you have recycle bins at your party? Do you have um, safe space people there? Safe space people are normally the people that like have a wristband, like a red wristband or something specifically identifiable where if anything's going wrong, you can go to them for help to make sure that like the people that are coming to your parties are safe and people can trust that they're gonna come to your event, that there is someone there that they can go to for help. And then also on the production level itself, like I said, with the cups or the recycling bins, things like that. Yeah, that's awesome. I love the idea of safe spaces because sometimes, you know, things can get crazy and you just kind of need a breather. (laughs) Of course, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) that's awesome. Um, Okay, and so one of the services that I saw on your website is that you do a supply chain audit. What Mm -hmm. exactly is that? Yeah, so a supply chain audit is basically looking at a brand's supply chain from beginning to end, um, mm-hmm. looking at the materials they're choosing, where it's coming from, um, who's making it, um, identifying all those factors. And that in itself, it may seem like a very obvious, oh, yeah, but a lot of the times brands don't know where the materials are coming from, who's making it, are they even getting paid a fair wage? 
what are the impacts of the materials that they're choosing so really like stripping down all of those like beginning of the supply chain factors and identifying what needs to go what needs to stay down to the packaging of how it's being sent to their customers um, where are you selling it how are you selling it and then also looking at the eol the end of life sector of their supply chain of like are they going to offer service of what the customer could do with their um, item after they're done with it are you encouraging them to resell it are you encouraging them to trade it off with someone or send it back to them and they'll reuse the material um, for the next project so kind of like looking at beginning to end of the life of the garment or their product and identifying what should stay what should go also the messaging messaging is super important as well i think greenwashing is a very big problem in our fashion world today mm-hmm. it's really easy to try to come off as a completely sustainable brand to come off as every sector of our supply chain is perfect when um in fact, a brand could have easily just switched from one material to another, but are still using a lot of plastic or don't know who make their clothes, aren't sure if there's fair labor uh, labor involved. Um, so I think also like making sure that they're sending out the right message and it's not like confusing at all. So uh, different uh, programs and softwares that you could use um, to do it depending on the scale of the business. Okay. Yeah, that makes total sense. I've, I find it like mind blowing that a brand wouldn't know where their like fabric came from. But I mean, I guess I can see if you just kind of buy it already made, then you wouldn't really know how it was created. So that's great Mm -hmm. that you offer that service. Um, I feel like I'm kind of like going all over back and forth. But I want (laughs) to go back to something that you said earlier about how when a brand is you know, like say they're offering a sweatshirt or something like how can they make it more, more unique? So for example, I'm looking into like doing merch for sustainable Brown girl. And it's like, okay, like we all have t-shirts and sweatshirts and mugs and stuff. It's like, I do want to make something more unique. So what would you tell someone like me who wants to offer, uh, you know, merch to their, audience but doesn't want to do something super basic i think it could just be down to design it could be down to um, of course materials that you use um it could either be a recycled material or you could be upcycling other materials so Mm -hmm. let's say you have like an old jacket laying around and you want to cut it up and turn it into little card holders for at least like 20 of your customers um or upcycling an old jacket and turning it into a new jacket and you like put the label on there. I think upcycling and reusing a lot of cool materials would be a really unique way to do that. And it becomes more small scale. And I think it becomes more niche in a cute way where mm-hmm. when the person has it, they know, they know that like, oh, like someone else doesn't have like the specific cut or mm-hmm. they don't have the specific thing, you know? And I think mm-hmm. that's a fun part of fashion is like the exclusivity. And I think you can keep that without sacrificing um, someone else's life in a bad way. (laughs) Right. I love that. Uh, I love the idea of like upcycling things. Because one thing I did think about was like if I was going to do mugs, like to go to the thrift store and just like grab some mugs and, you know, put the design on there. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Like there's so many things you can just add a little touch on. 
Right. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay. Good ideas. And then another one is mm-hmm. I'm a little skeptical, skeptical, so I thought I can't even say it, skeptical about digital fashion. There's a part of me that's like, oh, only because of obviously like the power sources that are being used to fuel these machines and these like programs aren't always um, done in a sustainable way just yet. But um, I do think digital fashion is also a cool space to possibly enter just because it's not using like physical materials or physical labor to make the garments. It's done digitally, like a programmer, like online designer. And I think it'd be a cool way to like sell your designs virtually and like people who use certain games or like platforms where they want to dress their avatar or something like that. You could do that mm-hmm. in fashion in that way. And that's obviously not for everyone, but it's also it is an up and coming space where like fashion is taking a look at it and like already getting themselves involved in. And I think once the power sources that are used to fuel these platforms are changed, it'd be a really great way for people to enjoy fashion um, without always having to physically make things. Cause it's, we have plenty of physical clothes already to the point where they're being burned and lit and filled. We just have too much of it. Yeah. That's another fun way of, depending on the, they wanted to go virtual with their merchandise and see what they could do in that space. Yeah, that's really interesting. I haven't, I mean, I guess I haven't really heard the term digital fashion used. So um, I I guess you just mentioned it's kind of like designing like an avatar or something. What other ways would it be used? I'm not even like a huge gamer myself to even like name a game. But I know... I, I think I want to say like Minecraft, maybe. Okay. Um, uh huh. Balenciaga and Balenciaga made a collection of different clothing items that people who played Minecraft, their characters could buy and wear. And they were able to enjoy the brand's um, aesthetic through that without using a physical form of clothing to enjoy the mm-hmm. brand. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like just thinking about how one t shirt takes like 100 gallons of water just to make. I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, hmm, 100 gallons of water, maybe a few extra volts of electricity being used. Right. Like, source could be changed. I'm like, there's a big difference there in terms of impact. And with anything, there's going to be an impact. But I think looking at the places where there's less physical impact on our natural environment and on people's lives is probably going to be a little bit better. Yes, absolutely. Totally agree. And that's, I like that, that way of thinking, you know, as far as doing yes. digital fashion and, you know, coming up with new ideas on like creating and enjoying fashion. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Because I think there is a big difference between the art of fashion. And then also as humans, we have to wear clothes every day, you know, right. We have to wear- you have to wear clothes, shows, pants, socks, you name it. You know, like there is a lot of opportunity in digital fashion to be able to enjoy fashion um, that way instead of constantly reproducing physical clothes just because it takes a lot of water, a lot of energy, a lot of physical labor that is normally underpaid in the industry. So I think just enjoying it digitally could be a new way to do fashion um, instead of entirely producing raw materials unsustainably and treating people unfairly all the yes. time um yeah because it'll take some time for the industry physically to evolve and i think the way technology is growing and evolving so quickly i think once we change our energy sources for this new technology it'll really take away a lot of the bad rep that it digital fashion has right right and then too like 
um, just thinking about like meta and like the metaverse, that could be a way to, you know, use digital fashion too. Like that could be a huge, you know, source of digital fashion. So that's, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. There's a part of me that's like, oh, it's going to take us away from the real world a little bit with like right. out and people like digitally dressing themselves and posting about it versus like physically dressing yourselves and posting about it. But mm-hmm. then the part that like knows just how much it goes into making one piece of clothing i'm like ooh, i'd rather see a digital dress on you than you like actually going to buy it just for your picture you know what i mean right for one picture and then it can never be on your instagram feed again (laughs) yeah digital i'm like can we normalize rewearing clothing please we should normalize it (laughs) yes seriously but yeah right I know it's like I even like doing my interviews sometimes it's like oh like I feel I feel weird like wearing things over but it's like no like I have a wardrobe wear it and who cares no one's paying attention anyway exactly exactly (laughs) yes well anyway Alexandria it's been so amazing chatting with you thank you so much for joining us thank you vice versa Thank you. Please tell everyone where they can find you online and order your services and work with you. Yeah. So I have a website. It's called ashenwolf.com. And on there, it mostly breaks down my services I offer to fashion brands, but it is not um, it is not limited to fashion. I'm very much an open book. I will learn alongside with you. Um, whether your industry is in film or skateboarding or furniture, architecture, you name it. Um, I'm a very broad person in terms of my in terms of my past experience. So yeah, ashenwolf.com for my services. And then if you want to do a fundraiser for your event, um, you can also find my Instagram, um, ashenwolf consulting and you can either message me or email me. My email's on there, alexandriaastronauts.com. And yeah, we can start a conversation and look at what you want to do and how we can do it. Yes, awesome. Yeah, please go follow her on Instagram and you know work with her in whatever way you can. Yeah. And our last question is, what does being a sustainable brown girl mean to you? To me, it means everything. Um, And to me, it makes complete sense. I feel like um, as people of color, we experience a lot of the largest negative impacts of industrialization, of a lot of unfair treatment. And it makes sense to be a sustainable brown girl because we have to be the leaders of making these changes so that these impacts aren't harming us or anyone ever again. And to me, being a sustainable brown girl, it makes me feel like a leader, a part of a movement of strong people of color who are standing up and taking our own fate in our own hands and making these positive changes um, for ourselves and hoping to expand that to many, many communities um, so that we can you know, change our world, change our ways and um, fight for our futures. So it's, it also feels like an honor very much an honor. (laughs) Definitely. Yes. Well said. I love that so much. Thanks again for joining us. And yes, please. We'll be keeping in touch and keeping up with everything that you're up to. Thank you. And same. I'm very excited.
If you want to keep the conversation going, follow us at Sustainable Brown Girl on Instagram and Facebook. Check out the website at sustainablebrowngirl.com and send any questions, comments, or topic ideas to podcast at sustainablebrowngirl.com. Be sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts and tell your friends about your favorite episode. Donate to Patreon if you can, and be sure to watch the full video interview on YouTube. Until next time, let's continue to make better choices for the health of our bodies and the planet. Thanks for listening.